Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. there's a time to be hyper and there's a time to be serious, right? Um, which I struggle with the second and not so much the first. Um, there's a time to talk and there's a time to listen. And the, writers of, the writer of Ecclesiastes goes through all this time for war, time for, you know, a time for peace, a time for sorrow, a time for mending, all these, all these different things that it goes through. But, but I got, I, this morning, the first part of this message that I'm talking to you guys about, um, entitled Stones and Blackberries, and it will all come together in just a little bit, um, is this, and not the Rolling Stones, it, well, you'll see. Um, but it's, it's, I'm not good at taking time to remember things. Like, I, I'm not good at really reflecting and, and looking back on a moment or looking back on a year. I really, really struggle with that because we are a culture that is what's next? What's next? We've crossed that off our list. What's next? What, you know, what do I get next to on my bucket list? What do I achieve next? What's next at work? What's next? And, and, and here's the deal is that we keep going, and not that that's necessarily bad, but there's a time for everything. And there needs to be a time where you and I take time to reflect, and that's the very first thing I want to talk about is because this, taking time to reflect on the past brings gratitude to the present. Taking time to reflect on the past brings gratitude to the present. Um, for some of us, maybe you're like, well, I don't, I don't know if I agree with that it's because it's been a tough past year. I'm not saying that as you reflect on this past year, everything has to be good. But what I will tell you, when you reflect on even the bad times, you'll see that God was faithful in the hard times too. And when we take time to reflect on the past, when we take time to reflect on 2017, it makes you grateful. It brings gratitude because you can sit there and just list out and see God's goodness and faithfulness in the good things and in the hard things, in the easy things and the trying things, you see the goodness of God. But, but here's what happens is that your gratitude and your reflecting is probably like me with my cell phone taking pictures, right? Um, when I go to take pictures on my phone, um, very rarely do I go back and look at all my pictures on my phone. Like, I'm just going to take a day and reflect on all the pictures I took of 2017. Um, that's, no, I, I, don't, I don't do that. There would be way too many selfies and food pictures. Um, but not really. Some of you are like, what's wrong with selfies and food pictures? Um, so that's all your, anyways, I'm about to hurt somebody's feelings. But um, 
is I, 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 I just take the next picture. I get caught up in the moment. What, what do I want to take a picture of next? And what, what, what you know, that, that's what I do. The only time I go back to really look at my pictures is when I'm running out of space on my phone, right? I, I go through, I delete it, I delete the videos. I'm like, man, where'd all my space go? It's because you have five gazillion pictures, teenage girls. When I mean teenage girls, I'm talking to all the college guys. Um, but <laughs> is, is, we, we just don't take time to reflect, and yet there's something that is, uh, a, I don't know, an app, that, that's what they call those things these days, um, but there's an app now for your Facebook called Time Hop, and its whole purpose is to bring up a past post and bring it up so that you remember it, so that you reflect on it, and you're always like, oh, look at that place I took a picture of my food, and I don't remember where that was, um, or you look at your kids, you're like, oh, that hurts, you know, that's what, that's what happens on mine, I'm like, oh, man, that one hurts, they were so little, um, some of you are like, they used to like me, um, you know, uh, it's, there's, there's this, there, time hop has this awesome way of making us, forcing us to look back and reflect on it. And I, I told God this week, um, because I'm not good at this, I'm like, God, I need you to put like a time hop in my life, in my spirit. Because I'm not good at just taking a moment to reflect. And as a result, because I don't take time to reflect, because you don't take time to reflect, there's, there's a lot of us that we struggle with this. It's because we don't take time to reflect, because we don't take time to remember, we struggle with being grateful. We struggle with being thankful. Because I got to tell you, thankfulness isn't just supposed to be active and present in our life in November. It's supposed to be in our life at all times as a follower of Christ. And so I struggle with this. I, I'm not good at what, you know, we all read the Christmas story this past week. Joseph and Mary are there, and all this weird stuff's happening. If you really look at this Christmas story, it's pretty weird, because um, everybody's coming out and checking this person's baby out that they don't know. Like, the shepherds are not like people you wanted to come to see your baby in the hospital, and they show up, and they're like, where's the baby, you know, and it's just weird, and like, I'm thinking Joseph's probably strategizing an exit strategy at this point. He's not pondering anything, right? He's like, okay, how do I get all these strange people away from my wife and away from my baby and out of a barn and out of a manger and how do, how do, we, how do we do all this? But Mary, Mary, it says, pondered all these. She reflected on all the things that happened. And it made her thankful, made her appreciative for all that occurred. So this morning, I, I really want to challenge you, I want to challenge me to take time to reflect. Because when we take time to reflect, it helps us to become grateful. It helps us to live life out in a much better, thankful way. In fact, the Israelites did this. When Joshua took over, for Moses, Moses, most of us know about, Joshua was Moses' apprentice, and um, the very first thing they did was cross the River Jordan. They go to cross the River Jordan, which they had to cross the River Jordan to step into the promised land, 
what they had been promised, what had been the plan for God instead of them wandering around the wilderness for 40 years was to go possess the promised land. And this is the moment that it's happening. And um, as they go to the Jordan River, the priests step in with the Ark of the Covenant and the waters stop, a lot like the Red Sea. The waters part and all the whole nation of Israel, millions of people walk across dry ground. And we pick up on this in Joshua chapter 4, verse 19 through 24. It says this, the people crossed the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month. And then they camped at Gilgal, just east of Jericho. And it was there at Gilgal that Joshua piled up the 12 stones taken from the Jordan River. Then Joshua said to the Israelites, in the future, your children will ask, what do these stones mean? Like, like what's the purpose of this? And then you can tell them, this is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. Joshua was creating a way for the Israelites to always be able to reflect on that moment. He was making a monument to where, man, there was something amazing that happened here to where we are going to reflect and we're not going to forget the faithfulness and the goodness of God. For the Lord your God dried up the river right before your eyes and he kept it dry until you were all across just as he did at the Red Sea. And when he dried it up, and when he dried it up until we had all crossed over, he did this so all the nations of the earth might know that the Lord's hand is powerful and so that you might fear the Lord your God forever. What are these stones? They took time to reflect. They took time to, man, let's not just cross over and forget about what God has done, but, but let's really focus in on what God has done. They, they wandered the wilderness for 40 years. There was moments that they were hungry. There was moments that they were thirsty. They thought they were going to die. Let's just go back to Egypt. But then there was moments where God provided. He provided the man in the quail. There was moments that he provided water out of a rock. There was moments of hardship, and there was moments of miracles. There was moments of doubt, and then there was moments of belief. And they didn't want to forget those Moments They took time to reflect because they understood reflecting and, and looking back on it made them realize just how much, even though for 40 years they were in a place they didn't want to be and they were in situations they didn't want to be facing, that God was with them through it all. And this is what the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1 through 3. It says, but now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. And I love this part. I have called you by name, and you are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Can I tell you, when I start to reflect, when I start to think about, and, and this sermon has forced me to just sit down and write out 2017 and reflect about the goodness of God, when, when I start reflecting, when I start thinking about 
moments, that nobody else was there for my worst moments. But even in my worst moments, God didn't abandon me. He was right there. When I made a mess of things, God brought a message out of things. When, when I start thinking about those moments, man, it excites me. When I start thinking about moments when I was alone and I was lonely, but his word says that he is a friend that sticks closer than any brother, man, it makes me excited and it makes me appreciative. When I was struggling with discouragement, when I was struggling with fear, when I realized that, man, he did not give me a spirit of fear, but he has enabled me to walk in a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind that if God is for me, who can be against me? When I start reflecting on those moments, it excites me and it stirs something up inside of me. When I start reflecting on the moments of things that have happened here at Foundation Church, that there are 282 people that have raised their hand for salvation, that there are people that have been baptized, that have been changed, that have gone through our new believers class, that there are foster families that have been formed in this past year, that not just foster parents getting their forever kids, but foster kids getting their forever home. When I start reflecting on those sort of things, man, it starts exciting me and it does something inside of me that reminds me of an old song that I used to sing not that too long ago. And it just simply says this, when I think about the Lord, how he saved me, how he raised me, how he filled me with the Holy Ghost, how he healed me from the uttermost, when I think about the Lord, how he picked me up and turned me around, how he set my feet on solid ground, it makes me want to shout, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, Lord, you're worthy of all the glory, of all the honor, and all the praise, and can I tell you, when you start thinking about the goodness of the Lord in your own life, how he has sustained you, how you are his, it brings this joy, it brings this excitement that you can hardly contain it inside of you, but you just want to start shouting the goodness of God and the greatness of God. Can I say, that's what reflection does for you. It brings power. It brings appreciation to your present. That's what's amazing about it. And I love it. And so my challenge to you as your pastor today, I don't even want you to wait till tomorrow. I know you may have things today that are busy and you're halfway through your day. I get it. But this morning when you get home or maybe after the kids go to bed, I want you to just sit down. Old school, old school, I'm at old school, piece of paper and pen. Just write out God's goodness, God's faithfulness. Write out 2017. Reflect. See what all that God has done in his faithfulness to you, to you and realize just how much you're his. Because I'm telling you, reflection brings gratitude for your present. The second thing is this that I would tell you, and this is a difficult thing because the tendency is we reflect, we don't reflect, or sometimes we reflect too much, and when we reflect too much, we get stuck. And my, my encouragement to you is this, is don't get stuck on the stones. Don't get stuck on the stones, on the rocks, right? Don't let the good old days be your best days. There's nothing wrong with good old days. I, I'm a fan of good old days. But I believe we serve a God who your good old days were never meant to be your best days. He's still got great things 
in front of you. Oh, do you remember this? Do you remember that? Do you remember this? Man, we start sounding like the Israelites when they got out of Egypt. Do you remember the melons? Do you remember the leeks? Do you remember when we had no problems? We had no issues. We had no addictions. We had no stress. Right? We, we become just like that. And I truly believe, man, why the Jordan was an amazing moment, it wasn't supposed to be your best moment. Maybe 2017 was a great year, but I truly believe to my core it was not meant to be your best defining year. We serve a God whose best is not behind him, but is in front of him. And your best as a follower of him isn't behind you, it is in front of you. Do not become like the Blackberry phone. How many of you guys remember? Remember the BlackBerry phone, right? Some of you are like, yeah, I remember this thing. The only people that had a BlackBerry when it came out was doctors and like really big time businessmen, right? Or they had a Palm Pilot. Come on, somebody. Somebody's like a Palm Pilot. You had a stylus where you had to learn a whole new alphabet in order to write on that dumb thing, right? And, and, and when you had the BlackBerry, when you had the Palm Pilot, you felt like the stuff. I mean, you were, you were it. You were like, I got buttons on this. I can email from this phone. I, can, I got a calendar on this phone. I can get on the web, on the internet without dial-up. You know, um, you were the stuff. And yet, how many has, how many, does, does anybody out there, and you can raise your hand, we're in a judge-free zone right now. Is there anybody out here that has a BlackBerry still? Like you use it. Be honest. It's okay. You're amongst friends. <laughs> Not one person. Somebody's going to go get it now and be like, I have one. Um, but here's the deal. They've become irrelevant. Right? Th this was the thing to have. This is what was happening. And yet now nobody even wants them. Right? You would rather have a Motorola Razor than a BlackBerry phone, right? This, this, it, it, and can I tell you, as much as it was awesome for one moment and it's irrelevant in the next moment, the same thing can happen as us as followers of Christ and as a church. If we start reflecting and we get caught up on the stones of 2017, if we get caught up with the Jordan, man, the Jordan was amazing. It was incredible. But can I tell you, don't let the awesomeness of the Jordan stall your Jericho. There is the promised land. They didn't just settle for getting into the promised land. Now it was about going and possessing the promise that God has for you. Some of you, you've gotten out of a hard place. So you just came out of a good year. And now you're just like, man, I, I don't know what to do with myself. I'm not crazy stressed. I'm not crazy fearful. And you don't know what to do. Can I tell you, don't let the awesomeness of this past year forfeit the awesomeness that God has ahead of you. Don't get stuck on the stones. Don't get stuck on the rocks because I truly believe, here let's flesh this out in a way that we all understand, okay? You got Star Wars here, right? You've got the New Hope, which is the first one. You got Empire Strikes Back and you've got Return of the Jedi. All great movies, all fantastic classics. And then somebody had the dumb idea to make The Phantom Menace with Jar Jar Binks, right? For all you Star Wars people, you're like, what is this? It's the worst movie ever made as a sequel. Can I tell you, that's not how God works. That, that, God is not the God of the Phantom Menace, okay? <laughs> Let's break this down. 
He's not. It's in the Bible. It's not. He's not. His last act wasn't his best act. And if we're not careful, whether it was a good year or a bad year, let me talk to you that were, it was a great year. Sometimes we come into the new year and we're like, well, how does next year top this past year? And there's a little fear. There's a little bit of timidity and unsureness in your heart because you're like, man, I just, I just don't, I just don't know. I, I don't, I don't know how next year is going to, man, step up to this year because what's it say about me? Can I take, just being real, I've struggled with this this year. Just being, being honest. Some of you are like, well, you shouldn't have those thoughts, Pastor. I know, that's why I'm telling you, I've struggled with this. Because it's been a great year. We have seen incredible growth in this church. We've seen awesome things happen in, in Africa. In fact, I've got a couple of things, a couple of rocks here, a couple of stones, if you would, right here from Sakanani. And this comes right from the church. I'm like, man, this was awesome. And this was an amazing moment. These are taken right out of the sanctuary floor because they hadn't had a chance to pour the concrete yet. I was like, I'll take those. And I love this, and this is one of my most prized possessions right now. But can I tell you, I don't want us as a church, I don't want me as your pastor, I don't want me as a follower of God to get stuck on the Jordan when he's got Jericho in front of me, when he's got something even new, something different. Jericho was not like Jordan. But it was still the miraculous, and it was still the plan. It was the next thing. And so don't let what was great keep you stuck in the past. But step into the fullness, the full life that God has for you that's ahead of you. Some of you, that maybe the Jordan was awful. Maybe you're just getting out of the wilderness, and you're like, uh-uh, I'm going to stay down here, and I'm taking a nap spiritually because I just got out of that thing, and I don't want to move. I'm in a fetal position, and I'm just... Sorry, um, but, and you don't want to move, you just want to stay there. Can I tell you, man, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm not saying you're not going to have trials. That's not in the Bible. I'm not saying that God's going to give you more than you can handle, because that's not in the Bible either. But what I will tell you is that he's with you in it. And he's not just in front of you, but he's beside you, he's behind you, he's encompassing you all around you. And it says this, when you go through the rivers, you're not going to drown. You're not going to be overwhelmed. When you go through the fire, it's not going to consume you because you're mine. And I'm watching over you. So go after your Jericho. Well, how do I know what my Jericho is? Because here's the simple fact. You can't go after what you don't identify. You can't go after in your personal life what you don't Identify. How, how do I know what the will of God is for me? Because can I tell you, the number one thing people that are coming to church that are followers of Christ want to know is the will of God. The two things I will tell you, and I've got to go quick on this, is this, is that you've got to get into the Word of God to know what God wants to speak to you. We know how to spell the B-I-B-L-E, but we're not so good at reading the B-I-B-L-E. 
And we're great at singing the old song of the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's a book for me. I stand upon the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. But are we really standing on the Word of God? Are we really basing our life, building the foundation of our life based on the Word of God, or are we basing it more on our emotions and the feelings of the present situations? See, if you're going to know the will of God, you got to know the Word of God. And the second thing is this, is you got to spend time with God. You can't hear a voice that you're never in the presence of. If I want to hear Casey speak to me at the house, she doesn't call me on the phone. I got to get close enough to where I can hear her and have a conversation with her. And some of us, we're expecting for God to shout at us in our busyness, but we're not busy going after the things that God has. And we don't know the will and the purpose because we haven't stopped long enough to hear what God wants to say to us. But here's what I believe with all my heart. For every teenager, for every college student, hear me right now. You have a purpose and God has a will for your life that's to come to fruition now. You don't have to wait until you come 16, till you become college, till you get out of college. He has a purpose and a will for your life right now. It's your job, not your parents' job. It's your job to hear what God is speaking to you and to go after your Jericho. For all the marriage, for all the singles, for all those with little kids, for all you with teenagers, for all you with grandkids, for all of you that are retired, God has a specific purpose. He has a specific will for your life. Now get into the Word and spend some time in the presence of God and hear what your Jericho is. Because the Jordan was great, but don't get stuck on the rocks. He has something for your life this year. And you have to find it for you. And that takes time. But let me tell you what we're called to do as a church. The Bible says this in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 through 14. Paul said, not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself to have yet taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. What are we pressing towards as a church? I'm going to hit this quick. The first thing is that I believe we got to be busy being found people that find people. As as a church, as people, as followers of Christ, man, we want to be a place where the found, the, the lost become found. But one way that happens in a real way is that we are the found that are finding. And we are busy doing things. We are busy with stuff. We are busy with good things. But are we busy with the God things. And I believe every person in this place, as your pastor, I unapologetically say we are here to reach people. The reason we started Foundations Church almost 10 years ago, in September it will be 10 years, was to reach people. I've said it several times. We will do anything short of sin to reach people because when you break it down, it's about people's names and people's stories being written by the author and the perfecter of their faith and them coming into a place where they can hear a message that will change their life, change their marriage, change their children, change their grandchildren, and leave a spiritual legacy behind them, a wake behind their life. And can I tell you, that doesn't happen if we're not found people that find people. And we can look back on this year and say, oh, but man, oh, look, at, look at Jordan. 2017 was awesome. We grew by almost 200 people. 
in one year. FC Kids outgrew its space. Justin, look at it. We don't have room. So that means we need some of you in this service to start coming to our first service. We're going to bring donuts back because I am not past bribing your butts <laughs> to make room for more people that are coming in. But right now, I'm pushing you as your pastor, and I'm diving in this challenge with you that every single one of us would be found people that find people and we blow the doors off this building. That we create great problems. We're gonna have problems, but we create great problems. When we run out of space, that's a great problem, right? And so I'm inviting you to be fishers of men, to be, man, you're going after people. Next series, starting next week, we're doing a series called Blind Spots. Every single one of us have a blind spot in our life, and our ability to identify can keep us from inflicting a lot of harm and injury into our life. It's going to be an incredible series that we start in January. February, we start our relationship series called If I Had Only Fill in the Blank. I tell you, it's going to be two incredible, incredible series that your friends will come to if you will be willing to be a found person that finds people. We're not just looking at Jordan. We're not looking at 2017 and how great it was. We're pushing on to Jericho and seeing what God wants to do in this place with a purpose and with a passion to make Jesus famous, not just in Africa, but right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. The second thing is we need more people to serve. Whoa, did you hear all those amens? We do. Our, our, our ability to grow is directly tied to our willingness to serve. And I'm telling you, it's true. And some of you, you have been riding the bench too long. I'm about to get personal. You've been, you've been watching, and you just took in your seat week after week, and you're like, man, somebody ought to do this at Foundations Church. You're right. And God gave you that idea for a reason. It's almost like, I've used this illustration before, when people go to the Thunder game and they're yelling at all the players, why aren't they running faster? Why aren't they trying harder? Russell Westbrook, hustle on defense. That boy needs a break. And there's 90,000 people watching him that desperately need exercise, right? <laughs> That's become the church. I mean, it's for real, there's all these people saying, man, the church needs to do this, the church needs to do this, and there's about 20% of the church doing it. But that's not the way God created the church to operate and work. That's just what we've settled into. And some of you, God has given you giftings and abilities, and you're using them to build your kingdom, and that's fine and great, but he's called you to build his. And we have the super easiest way for you to get involved. And some of you are great teachers. You're great with kids. You're great with teenagers. You're great being a greeter. Do you know most of the people will make up their mind whether they're coming back to church within the first 10 minutes of being into this place. That means I don't mess it up that much. Woohoo! <laughs> Pressure's off. I can suck all I want. <laughs> See? <laughs> See? Get out of here. Sign that card. That was a very nicely placed amen, though. I will give you that. Man. Save people, serve people, because it's not about you, it's not about me, it's about the people who have yet to come into the door. For them to experience acceptance and love and people that are excited to be here. And we say we're the friendliest church in Tulsa, let's be it. 
And that happens when we decide to serve. And God has put something in each and every one of you to use for his kingdom and his purpose. And it's literally a matter of signing that card and getting in the game instead of putting it off for another month and another month until I feel like it, until I'm healed, until I'm this, until I'm that. Listen to me. We're not going to burn you out. Just come and talk to us. But we want God to use the giftings that he has put inside of you. Last thing is this, is that we're not just going to be found people that are finding people on purpose, and we start that next week, and man, I hope we don't have room for people, and we have to bring chairs in. I hope we don't have enough places for everybody to serve that sign up to serve today and next week, but the next thing we're going to do as a church that we are pressing towards and we're running after is we're going to start more churches in Africa. Man, Sukkanani and Nurok, they're awesome. Starting two churches, that was incredible. Man, it's powerful to go see and to see these people worshiping the Lord. And when I got in, man, I got to tell you, I was absolutely overwhelmed. I didn't even know what I was feeling. But what I did understand was this, and this song kept playing over and over in my mind. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world, and they're all his we have a mandate man we have a purpose as a church it's not a catchy saying it's not a catchy slogan but to make Jesus famous in all that we do and Jericho is calling out and there's several different villages that I got every single one of these rocks from that I'm saying God this is our Jericho that you are calling us to go after this is the Jericho that you are calling us not just to be thankful for the Jordan and not just to remember the Jordan, but to go after these things, these moments, these places to make your kingdom known to the ends of the earth. You want to know what we're pressing for? It's just to keep Jesus in the center of it all, not just to build his kingdom in Tulsa, but to build his kingdom to the ends of the earth because he loves all of his children. That's what we're pressing toward. Man, Jordan was great, Foundations Church. 2017 was great, but he has Jericho ahead of us, and I'm telling you, there is excitement in our staff, in our board of what he is calling us to, and I pray that we step up and we become the church that he is calling us to be instead of just drifting back and stepping back and taking a breather, but we engage and we forget, but we reflect, but we forget what 2017, it was great, it was wonderful, Wonderful. But man, 2018, we're going to step into what God has for us even more. And we're going to see the goodness and his kingdom advance in every single thing that we do. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for today. God, I thank you for what you are doing in the hearts and lives of this church, of what you are doing in this place, of what you have allowed us to be a part of. And Lord, in this place, you have certain things for us as individuals, as followers of you that you are just waiting for us to step up into. Lord, maybe the past has been hurtful, maybe it's been great. But Lord, sometimes we get stuck in the past instead of stepping into the present and going after the future. And Lord, I pray right now that Lord, just like Lazarus when he was in the grave, everybody thought it was over with. 
And yet there was purpose that you still had for this man. And you called him up. You called this man that was sleeping. Everybody else thought it was dead. But to you, he was sleeping. He was dormant, and you brought him back to life. God, I pray for some of our spiritual lives. They've been dormant. They've been sleeping, but they're not dead. And Lord, I pray that you would speak to our lives, that we would step up into becoming that man of God. We would step up into becoming that woman of God that you have called us to be. God, maybe Jordan was amazing. Maybe it's been several years and God, we've been stuck in the past. We've just been reflecting too long instead of stepping into all that you have for us. But God, I pray that we would forgive what is behind and we would strain towards a high calling of what you are calling us to as followers of Christ. And Lord, I thank you for what you've done in this church. I thank you for the 282 people that have raised their hands this past year. But Lord, you're calling us to more. You're calling us to strain forward. I thank you for the two churches you started in Africa. But Lord, there's more work to be done. There's more that you are calling us as a church to reach bigger, to go bigger, to do more for your kingdom so that people may know you and be drastically changed by a scandalous grace that hits their life. Lord, that doesn't just happen by accident. It happens by us responding to the call that you are placing on our life. So Lord, I pray that we would step up and we would step in and run after the Jericho that you're putting in front of us. That we may see things that we never dreamed about, never imagined in our wildest of wildest dreams to become a reality in our personal life, in our home life, and as a church. Jesus' name I pray with heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're here this morning, you say, Justin, I'm here. And man, where I'm at, I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. We want to give you that chance. Maybe you're here this morning, you're just not where you need to be in your relationship with him. You just need to recommit your life and you need to come back home. When I count to three, if that's you, either one, if that's you, I'm just going to invite you to raise your hand and we're going to lead you in a prayer that will change your life. One, two, three. Is there anyone here this morning? You just raise your hand. You say, yeah, Justin, that's me. There's one hand. There's two hands. Is there anyone else in this place? You say, Justin, that's me, and I want to join these two hands. Is there anyone else before we go any further in service? You say, Justin, that's me. Yeah, I see it. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, that's me. I want to join these three hands that are raised. Anybody else before we go any further in service? Yeah, I see you in the back. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, that's me. There's four hands. Anybody else? Man, what a moment right now. You just say, that's me. Anyone else before we go any further in service? Man, I truly believe God sees the hand and he changes the heart. Don't miss this moment. I can't think of a better way for you to start your two, end your 2017 and step into your 2018. Is there anyone else before we go any further in service? You say, that's me, Justin. Yeah, I see your hand. Anyone else? join these five individuals that raise their hand. Anyone else? If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me, man, you may be at home watching online. I just invite you to raise your hand if that's you and repeat this prayer after me. Jesus, I come before you today and I confess that I've sinned, that I've messed up, but I ask for your forgiveness. God, I pray that your grace and love would enter my life. 
I turn away from the life that I was living to grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions or in need of prayer or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at Nicole at foundationschurch.tv. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.